Bismillah, elhamdülillah, ve salatu ve selamu ala Resulillah ve alihi ve sahbihi ve men vela. Moving further into the uh, extraordinary, profound sea of Ramadan, we consider another aspect of our neediness, our iftiqar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Antumul fuqara'u ilallah, you are the needy of Allah, and he is al-ghani, al-hamid, the wealthy, which means the independent, the needless one, the praiseworthy one. Uh, and to the extent that we recognize the truth of that inequality, that most radical inequality, of our complete beholdenness to him, and of his complete independence of us, we will start to realize the depths of the meaning of the word Islam itself, which is being brought to the surface for us through the divine patience and the divine wisdom and the beauty of the Sunnah in this most holy month. What does it mean to be abd? What does it mean to be truly a servant in this state of obodiyya, servitude, to the one who alone is ma'bud, the one who alone is you our obedience and our servitude and our fealty. In this world we come across so many hierarchies. I owe a duty of obedience to my employer. I owe a duty of obedience to my ruler. I owe a duty of obedience to parents. This is the way in which society in complex worlds, complex civilizations, necessarily is structured. And in that complicated web of relationships and duties and regulations, sometimes the underlying reality, which is in reality that it is Allah, only God is truly and justly to be the object of obodiya to be ma'bud, uh, some of that can be lost. To the extent that we have all of these subsidiary relations in this world, a complex network of duties, made ever more complex by the endless proliferating of new legislation and the very large claims which the modern nation-state makes upon us, to that extent sometimes we can be veiled by these lesser obligations from the ultimate and immutable obligation which we have towards the one who in reality gave us everything and to whom therefore is an absolute duty of respect and honouring and love. In our all-encompassing final Muhammadan revelation, this principle of human servitude and emptiness is particularly emphasized. We are not a community of mediators. We are not a community of intermediate hierarchies. We are a community where the individual uh, engages with the ma'bud, the truly worshipped one, in an absolute way. And this is one reason why the sajda is kind of a symbol of the religion of Islam. In other religions, sometimes there are forms of bodily worship. Occasionally there is prostration. But in this religion, which is the religion that is to be for the Ummah of the Khatmiyyah, 
there is, is a particular emphasis on this, the absoluteness, the starkness of human dependency, our naked reliance upon the one from whom all blessings flow and in whose hands is life and death and the disposition of every breath that we take. This is said by the Olama to represent the nature of the age of distraction and complexity for which uh, the Mohammedan way is designed. Although there are features of primordiality in our religion, and that is part of the Khatmiya as well, it is also a religion which is to, designed to provide us with a kind of lifeboat in the increasingly stormy tempestuous seas that humanity has brewed up for itself as a result of greed and the shocking claim that we can be independent of the one who gave us everything. One of the earliest things with which the Quraysh were challenged was human beings go beyond the boundaries, become tyrants because they see themselves as independent. We've declared UDI, Unilateral Declaration of Independence from the time of the Enlightenment onwards, and the consequences of this for human happiness, for human safety, for the environment, for our peace of mind are ever more evident. We are designed to recognize our status as ma'bud, uh, and to the extent that we reject that, we become dysfunctional, and the soul suffers, relationships suffer, humanity suffers. Happiness is in Obudiya. So in the month of Ramadan, we are particularly uh, reminded of this, reminded of how much we depend on the divine rizq, something that we normally take for granted. Currently, in places in Eastern Europe now, people find themselves besieged and they can't find anything to eat or to drink. In the modern world, this is an unusual panic-inducing scenario. It is said that the practice of fasting can be a kind of preparation for this, a metabolic as well as a psychological preparation for that. But otherwise, human beings in today's world are like sleepy babies endlessly sucking upon the milk of momentary satisfaction and gratification, and we just cry when we're taken away from our pleasures and our snacks and our indulgences and our treats uh, for a few minutes, we've become very childlike in our dependence. One of the virtues that this month inculcates in us, if we approach it with an open heart and a humble spirit, is this paradigmatically Islamic virtue of tawakkul. The story that is really at the essence of all of the prophetic stories in the Quran. It's the basis of the courage of the Anbiya and of those who support the Anbiya. Look at the courage of the mother of Moses. Look at the courage of the mother of Isa and of so many others. And it's interesting that the women of the Qur'an are very often characterized as being courageous women. Look at the Sahabiyat and the wives of the Holy Prophet وسلم, who was the one who, to whom the Holy Prophet came after he'd had the first enormous ripping of the veil between himself and the tremendous Jalal of the angelic presence. To whom did he say, Zamiluni, 
who covered him while it was Khadija and his household, radiallahu anhum. So we're not talking here about some kind of vaunting male heroism. We're talking about something that is deeper and that transcends such distinctions. But this virtue, which is an inner strength, comes not through ego, the ego of the false warrior, the ego of the boaster, the ego of the one who cares about taking a selfie of himself standing on a tank, but is instead the uh, courage that comes from reliance. Whoever has tawakkul, reliance on Allah, he is enough for him. And we know this mentally, but if we know it with our hearts, then we will experience this extraordinary protection and the extraordinary heroism and courage that can come from that. We will overcome the lower self and we will embark upon the journey to real humanity. Uh, the humanity of those of whom it is said, La khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun. There is no fear upon them, neither do they grieve. They're not afraid of the future. They don't grieve over the past because they know their yaqeen is that all is from the Lord. Whether it be the bitterness of his decree or the sweetness of his decree, it is all from him. So this tawakkul comes from a transformed mode of consciousness. It comes from a kind of mushahada, an ability to witness that Allah is ala kulli shi'in wakil the trustee, the guardian, the protector of all things. That whatever may come is by his decree. And that our responsibility through the adab of the sunnah is to make sure that we are in the right relationship to his decree. Whether or not victory comes at the end of it, whether or not whatever might come, that the adab of the moment is all of Islam. The past, gone, unreachable, unreal. The future, who knows? The present is real, the moment, the waqt. And it is our duty in every moment to be attentive to what the real tabaraka wa ta'ala is doing for us, to us. In every day, which the ulama says in every moment, he is doing something. And we need to see what he is doing with this inner eye this Ayn al-Basira, this eye of inner sight, so that we do not become preoccupied by apparent networks of cause and effect, which is so complex that we'll become really anxious and miserable if we even try to think about what caused what, although there's certain external adat, certain normalcies that enable us to function. But the reality is him doing everything in every moment. And this is not easy to perceive. Some people only have a glimpse of it once or twice in their lives, that they see that behind the outward show of things, the opera of human existence, ha, there is a script and there is a reality and there is a settled truth that is actually all beauty and mercy and correctness and absolute peace. So this tawakkul is the state which we seek to acquire while we're fasting. We depend on Allah even though in our beginner stage we're thinking about trusting on him to provide something at iftar. But that is still a lesson. 
to have this sober, to have this patience, to say, no, I can manage for the next few hours without this sleepy sucking upon the teats of a distracted life support system, but I can go without for a while, is a very important lesson. It's one of the first lessons in spiritual growth that we say we can depend without indulgence. And then at the deeper level, of course, the sabra comes to an end when the sun goes down and the period of shukra begins. Sabra and shukra are always sort of almost identical twins. Uh, and the shukra gives this farha, as the hadith says, farhatun ainda fitri, the believer has a joy at his breaking of the fast. But the lesson should have been learnt, that the heart should have been weaned away, just as the baby is weaned away from the milk, weaned away and grows into a greater maturity. To the extent that we're dependent on immediate sensory pleasures, we're like very small children and we're not really fully human in the adult mature sense. Maturity consists in self-discipline, self-control, excellent character and sober. So Ramadan is the time when we start to perceive the Creator as wakil. He will provide. Whoever relies on him, he is enough for him. And even the very daunting Sahih Hadith, where he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Law tawakkaltum alallahi haqqa tawakkule, la razaqakum kama yarzuqu tayr, taqtuhi masan wa taruhu bitana. Were you to rely upon Allah with the true tawakkul, he would provide for you rizq as he provides for the birds which go out in the morning hungry and return sated. That's challenging, but it is part of Islam. Of course, Islam also means you earn a living. It also means you cook your dinner, you serve your family, all of those obvious things. And part of the sunnah is to remind us of how to achieve this subtle balance between on the one hand, following the asbab, cause and effect in the world, taking precautions, and on the other hand, maintaining complete tawakkul and reliance and knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the ghani, is independent, and we are fuqara absolutely dependent upon him. That is, if you like, the subtle art of the sunnah. To live in the world, and Islam does show you how to live in the world, it's not a monastic tradition. But at the same time, to remember his absolute control and power in all things. That's difficult. Tawheed and tawakkul have to be combined. And Imam Ghazali in the Ihya al Madin has a whole book on Kitab al-Tawheed wa tawakkul which is really all about how we can adorn ourselves with this art of the Sunnah in order to maintain this balance that so many of us get wrong. So in this month of Ramadan, we should learn the principle of reliance. It's kind of forced upon us, in a sense, during the day. We get into the habit, it's a habituation. So that it does not just evaporate again when we're having our biryani in the evening and our sweets on Eid, but becomes something that has had a permanent transformative effect on the heart. That we remember our neediness, that we are fuqara, that we recognize that everything comes from him. He alone is the razzaq that we are people of shukr as well as of sabr, that we are people who ala rabbihim yatawakkalun, as in the famous hadith of Okesha, 
those who rely on their Lord, which is the quality, one of the qualities of those 70,000 who enter paradise without reckoning. In the sound hadith in Bukhari of Okasha, and Okasha, of course, hearing this hadith says, Ya Rasulullah, ud'uni and akuna minhum. Ya Rasulullah, he can't contain himself. Pray to Allah that I might be one of those 70,000, and he prays. And somebody else says, Wa'ana Ya Rasulullah, me too. Obviously, everybody's going to say, <laughs> please make this answered prayer for us. And he says, Sabakaka biha or kasha, or kasha beat you to it. But yeah, it's about tawakkul, and it's about reliance, because reliance, tawakkul, is the essence of Islam. And in this crazy age where so much seems to be threatening us within and without, an age of tempestuous and misery-inducing and anxiety-causing desires, when humanity is really suffering, probably more than ever before in history, outwardly comfortable, if you're in a rich country, inwardly shaky, that we need this principle of tawakkul. We need to be in this sure ship of salvation, which is the sunnah of the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and really put Ramadan to work, really make use of it so that we can be still inside, so that we can be calm inside, and so that Ramadan offers us a kind of vaccination against the virus of materialism and fearfulness that is going around in the world. And inshallah, vaccination that will last not just until next Ramadan, but will make a permanent difference to us, inshallah. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of the mutawakkilin and that we should be benefited from the dua of the chosen one, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who prayed for the people of tawakkul and said that they would be the people who enter paradise without reckoning. تقبل الله منا ومنكم والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته